0: what is going on everybody and welcome back to the locked on pirates or locked on cubs podcast whichever one you're listening to today i am of course the host of the locked on pirates podcast ethan smith that is andrew bellison of the locked on cubs podcast of course he is also the pa announcer of chicago cubs games as well so if he has a familiar voice if you've ever been to wrigley field well that's probably why but on today's episode me and andrew of course are going to be talking about Opening day for the Pittsburgh Pirates and PNC Park on 4-1-2 day at 4-1-2. We're going to talk about what has changed between both teams here since we last met, how the opening series for each team went, and some previews and predictions for the series as we're set. But with all that said, Andrew, how are you today, sir?
1: Ethan, I'm doing great, man. It was awesome to hear from you yesterday. I'm really glad you set this up. Opening day, you know, always one of the one of the best, right? You circle it on the calendar. As soon as the schedule comes out uh, the year before, and obviously we got pushed back a little bit this year compared to how we thought, but we made it. Uh, Cubs had their opener at home last Thursday, so I'm happy to celebrate opening day number two with you.
0: Oh, yeah, of course, and um, going into everything as well, it's very interesting that – Both of these teams have had kind of an interesting trajectory over the last couple of months. Uh, Of course, the lockout kind of stopped a lot of things from happening. But, of course, you see the Pirates, who uh, offloaded Jacob Stallings. They lost the likes of Chad Cool and Steven Brault. They moved on from Wilbur Defoe, guys like that. Um, The Cubs as well. I mean, you look at the Cubs, and I'll let you elaborate a little bit about the Shea Suzuki signing, the Stroman signing, and where the team kind of is right now on how they feel heading into the rest of this year and what their plans could be for the year?
1: Yeah, it's a fair question, Ethan. I mean, I think a lot of people in Chicago are wondering what direction the Cubs were going to go this winter. And like you said, the lockout surely changed the landscape. And I do wonder what what would have happened had we not had to endure that. I think we would have seen a, a few different scenarios play out across the league. But at any rate, this is how it was. Lots and lots of new faces, man. They were busy before the lockout, bringing in Stroman. Um, they had pursued Suzuki before the lockout, we were told, and then kind of took the step back as they weren't allowed to, you know, to dive in head first. But he appreciated the patience. He said one of the reasons he ended up here in Chicago. Um, so made that move shortly after the lockout ended. And then it was just a, a barrage of – Mostly veteran signings, you know, out of the pen, guys from the bench, Jonathan VR, Andrelton Simmons, et cetera, et cetera, uh, right down the line. I mean, they needed arms, they needed bodies, they they retooled in a good way, and I think it kind of showed a commitment to winning because a lot of us Cubs fans were thinking, well, what direction are they going to go? Are we are we in a tank mode this year? Or is this going to be a, a commitment to winning and? They spent some money on Suzuki and Strowman, obviously, and pieced together some good pieces around them um, with with what they already had working from from the haul they got back trading the core, you know, last year and and the year prior, starting with the Darvish deal. So, yeah, they've showed a commitment that they're they're ready to go. And uh, I know you know you can't necessarily maybe say the same for you guys with the Pirates, but the, the young talent in that organization, a lot of people might not realize, is is damn good.
0: Yeah, and that's one of the big things, obviously, with us is there's no doubt that Pirates fans already kind of know how this season is going. It's They're not going to be a playoff contender. If they're a playoff contender... I don't know what I'm going to do with myself because I don't see it. I don't know where people get this weird notion that, oh, we signed key Brian Hayes to a $70 million extension. Yeah. We're obviously making the playoffs this year. I'm like, no, that's not happening at all. Um, but the big thing this year is, of course is like key Brian Hayes. You're looking for those guys that you're going to say are going to be a part of a core. And of course, Cubs fans would know about that too with the Contreras Bryant Baez and, um, Bryant, uh, era where you guys kind of just had to wait and see, wait and see, wait and see who was going to be a part of that core. And it ended up working out for you. I would say right now, Brian Reynolds and key Brian Hayes, of course, are probably a part of that core. I would say that they're there, but you added some guys last year via trade, like Michael Chavis, who hit a grand slam on Sunday and former first round pick, former top 100 prospect for the Red Sox. You never know. Maybe he turns his whole career around here. But you really have to find those guys that you're looking for in your core, especially pitching. The pitching has been awful. We'll talk about that later. Um, But the pitching has not been that great for the Pirates really ever since I started watching them. I'm 23 years old, and one of the best pitchers we ever had was Garrett Cole, and I still have his bobblehead right here. But obviously he's moved on to better pastures. Uh, But moving forward, though, for the Cubs – give me kind of a scenario of what it could look like if they are buyers or if they are sellers going throughout the year
1: well one of the things they did is bring in like i mentioned a lot of veteran relievers in the pen david robertson michael givens guys who have experience at the back end of ball games who depending on the you know the first half they have could definitely be good pieces to go should the cubs decide to to move talent if if things go south here you know, uh, sticking with, uh, you know, the battery mate there, Wilson Contreras, his name is floating around everywhere since the lockout ended, as you know, about a, a potential, uh, you know, trade chip. And there's a ton of teams who would want a guy like that, a catcher with that kind of arm who can hit the way he does. Um, I've been a big proponent of getting him extended. I love Wilson Contreras. I love the heart. I love the hustle. So much more than what you what you get in the box score, right? Um but you know, the hope is, and we kind of touched on this last week when we did our NL Central roundtable with all of the other hosts from from the National League Central here on lockdown. I feel like the division is not that great. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone wants to anoint Milwaukee um as the favorite, which they probably are on paper. Maybe with the Cardinals a, a, a second. I don't even want to say close second, but with a second, I don't know if that's fair or not. But Again, when you're playing in that kind of landscape, strange things could happen. I mean, you're yeah. you're not in a world beater division. So while everyone's kind of counting the pirates out, say, expecting them to finish, you know, near the bottom, you got a lot of games against a lot of teams who aren't going to be a hundred hundred game winners this year. So strange things happen over the course, of six month season, right?
0: Yeah, of course. And I mean, looking into this series, which we'll uh, talk about it here in a second as well about how the opening series went for both teams. You, you alluded to it already that all of these NL Central games are vastly important. I mean, I don't think people really understand how important it is when the Reds, the Pirates, the Cubs, the Brewers, and the Cardinals play each other just because, as you mentioned, this isn't like the Dodgers are in this division or the Braves are in this division where it's like, okay, you can definitively say the Dodgers are probably winning the NL West, right? You could probably definitively say that. If I definitively said that the Brewers are going to win this division – can't really. I don't know if I'd want to throw my betting money at that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if you guys want to bet on Cubs and Pirates going into today. Make sure you go check out Bet Online. Of course, Bet Online is where the game starts, and it is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info surrounding baseball and the Pittsburgh Pirates and Chicago Cubs. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, which kick off today. Go Clippers! Hopefully, they win their playing game today, and the start of the Major League Baseball season. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. And of course, Bet Online is where the game starts. And you can still bet O'Neal Cruz to win Rookie of the Year alongside Shea Suzuki. At 15 to 4 odds right now. So that's always fun to see a pirate and a cub up there for rookie of the year nominations already in terms of the betting scene. Now, from an outside perspective, what in the world happened in this first series between Chicago and Pittsburgh? Because for those not listening or for those who aren't aware, David Ross, of course, will not be managing today for the Chicago Cubs due to an altercation, I believe. Again, I have. I just saw it from an outside view. All I heard was that Andrew McCutcheon got hit a couple times. He was very upset, and then things hit the fans. So, Andrew, if you want to elaborate on that and also how the opening series went for you guys where you won two out of three against Milwaukee and Wrigley, go for it because I need to know.
1: Yeah, things got chippy right away, Ethan. I mean, they dove right into the fire, man. Start off 2022 with a bang. Was supposed to be a four-gamer. Lost the game Friday the day after opening day due to weather. Typical April Midwest Chicago kind of thing. Cubs won the opener on Thursday. uh, Beat Corbin Burns, which was a really nice showing. I mean, that Brewer's rotation is tough, and we touched on that a lot. It's one of the things that, you know, if you want to anoint them the favorite, well, they sure as hell got a lot of good arms In that rotation and in the pen. So that would be a fair, a fair argument to make, but lost the game Friday uh, and then turned around to be Brandon Woodruff on Saturday and and roughed him up pretty good. Um, That was when things really hit the fan. If you want to say it was nine zip late in the game, eighth inning. Keegan Thompson was on the mound for the Cubs. There had been a lot of back and forth. Madrigal had already gotten hit once. Contreras got hit again. And then McCutcheon was up and Thompson nailed him. Now, this is a nine-nothing game already late, eighth inning. So obviously Brewers not in the best, you know, best mindset already, losing game two of the year uh in the fashion that they did. And and that cleared the benches. So I, you know, I love it. I the Brewers Cubs rivalry since the Brewers came back to the National League has been awesome. Yeah. Um Regardless of team records, it seems like it doesn't really matter. You know, you always you always get that intensity, and they came out of the gates firing and and that was no exception this year. So sure thing, when they meet later this month in Milwaukee, I'm sure you're going to see more of that, which keeps things interesting. But yeah, David Ross gets the early early season day off uh, from from what happened and and Kinga Thompson got the three gamer as well, which which he'll obviously appeal. So we'll see what happens there.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting because this will also be the second game already out of four games that the Pirates uh, opponent will not have their manager because uh, the manager for the St. Louis Cardinals, of course, came down with the flu on Saturday, so he was not um, present for that game either. But for the Pirates as well, I speak the same thing about the St. Louis Cardinals. We played them this week. Uh, three. We were supposed to also have a four-game series. Of course, yesterday got postponed due to weather, but we win one out of three. It's kind of what I expected was to leave Bush with one win until I realized that apparently the Pirates are 9-6 in their last 15 games at Bush Stadium. I said, all right, then. Apparently against everybody except Adam Wainwright, they're pretty fine with it. Um But again, there was flashes of things that I think we're going to see all year. Key Brian Hayes looked very good defensively. People were already talking about him stealing Nolan Arenado's gold glove, which will be a task in itself. Brian Reynolds was doing Brian Reynolds things. Of course, I mentioned the uh, Michael Chavis Grand Slam. Also, Diego Castillo gets his first major league hit and then has a three-hit day to follow that up in his first start at second base. So it just continually looked like, okay, The first day was awful. They lose nine to nothing. You guys won nine to nothing in one of your games. Apparently, that's been a pretty common score for the beginning of the year. But we lose that first game, second game, six to two, whatever it happens. That third game, though, the offense just exploded 15 hits, all that stuff. And that's what they're going to have to do with a pitching staff that, as of right now, it's going to get better as the year progresses. But as of right now, it's not very good. And the bullpen as well. Also not that great. They already had to call up Rowenzi Contreras, who they did not want to call up yet because of an injury to Dwayne Underwood Jr., former Chicago Cub. And it's kind of unfortunate because they don't have anybody else to really choose from right now. But whenever these guys start progressing a little bit, I think trades will happen and you're going to see some more young arms get brought in here. I think that's really where things are going to progress a little bit. And you alluded to the rivalry too. Talking about this rivalry specifically, whenever the Cubs and the Pirates meet, How does it feel for you whenever these two teams lock horns?
1: But does you know, I was thinking about this just a little while ago when you were talking about some of the changes and turnover in the Pirates organization. Doesn't it kind of just seem like yesterday these two teams were playing the 2015 wildcard playing game at PNC? I mean, it it does not seem like it was seven years ago to me, which is insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's you know, it's a great rival. We talked a little bit before we before we started the cast here, too. PNC is just such a phenomenal park. Baseball fans, if you have not been, go. Uh, you will love it. The area is phenomenal. I, I I said, you know, we took my mom for her birthday a few years back and just were just blown away by the food and bar scene and and, and the stadium itself. I mean, any NL Central, Cubs Pirates, it's always good stuff, even with the funky start time today. We'll let that one slide. But yep. yeah, really good stuff. You know, Ethan, real quick, getting back to the injuries you talked about, especially on the arm side. I, you know, we've seen a lot of that with the Cubs too, losing guys here. Uh, some shorter term than others, the Wade Miley's and and uh Alec Mills, hopefully here, should be back later this week. Integral parts of essentially the, the rotation for the Cubs. But h- how much can you chalk that up to the way spring training rolled out this year? I mean, it was a shortened spring, and I know guys were prepped probably a little bit better going into spring training because they were locked out training at home. But still, it's, I don't know, man, it's got to be tough, right?
0: Yeah, it's not the same thing. And I mean, I attribute a lot of it to the kind of pushover from the 2020 COVID year to the beginning of the 2021 season. You kind of saw the same thing. And that's why it hasn't really affected me too much to see some of these guys get hurt already. And it's not major injuries. Like they're not getting hurt for like the entire year. It's like a back spasm here, a right arm soreness here, like just minor stuff that's not that big of a deal. And for me, honestly, it, I look at it and attribute, to, like, attribute it to also for the Pirates, poor roster management. They bring in Josh Van Meter from a trade from the Arizona Diamondbacks after he was designated for assignment. Great. We already had a good amount of middle infielders, and now the only other pitcher after the Dwayne Underwood injury that was on the 40-man roster was Dwayne, or uh, Rowanzi Contreras. So they had no choice but to bring him up. After that, There is no other pitcher left on the 40-man roster that's not already in Pittsburgh. So when we're talking about injuries to the pitching staff here, that can get a little worrisome because, yeah, you made a trade for Josh Van Meter to have some depth in the middle infield. But what happens if another guy gets hurt? You have to make a decision on who you're moving up and down already. A couple games into the year and you don't really want to do that that's just something you don't really want to do and it's not just something the pirates or the cubs are going to struggle with everybody's going to struggle with it again look at the mets i mean jacob Degrom, probably the best pitcher in baseball when he's healthy but he can't seem to stay healthy i don't know what's going on with it and that's what i tell everybody as you look at these teams lately that have won the world series even like the braves last year the biggest thing they had was that depth with arms I don't care about it when it comes to hitting, hitting, hitting depth is great too, but when it comes to arms and you alluded to what the Cubs did this offseason already as well, getting guys like Givens and some of the, and Wade Miley and some of these veterans, that's a lot to have because then once these young guys start pushing forward, like we'll see with the Cubs and the Pirates, especially in the bullpen and the starting rotation, the depth builds itself up. That's really how I feel about it, honestly. And I mean you look at the pitching matchups that we have for this uh, series. It's also only a two game series. This whole series is funky starting at 4:12 Eastern today on four, 12 day, happy four, 12 day, all my Pittsburgh people. Um, and it's only a two game series, which is also very interesting in the midst of a six game homestand for the pirates. And we will allude to more of that here in a second, as we have our preview and predictions, but, Just like some pitchers want to fix the injuries and teams want to fix the depth in their bullpen, maybe you need to fix your car, but you should also head to Rock Auto to do that. Of course, with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need, Why endure often pointless, or seemingly intimidating questioning, and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers and phones with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Make sure you save time and money When using Rock Auto, because why choose to spend 30 or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do it yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices are reliably low for every customer. So go explore their easy to use website today to find the solution for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That is rockauto.com. So we already talked about how these teams have changed. We talked about how the opening series went for both teams. Now it's time to preview and predict this series, and I alluded to it before we went to break right there, that we have some interesting matchups here too. Uh, Drew Smiley and Jose Quintana, of course, will be the probable pitchers today, more than likely, considering we're about three hours away from game time at the time of recording. And then we get to see Kyle Hendricks and Zach Thompson, which will be another interesting one as well. Of course, that's a 1235 kickoff tomorrow. Um, So what can we expect from this series, do you think? And how is this going to fare for the Cubs? And then I'll do the Pirates after you're done, of course.
1: You know, early on, who knows, right? I love the early season reactions, overreactions, underreactions, depending on, you know, who you're talking to. I'm guilty of it too. We all are. You get out opening day, if you think you're watching an NFL team where you're only playing 17 games, you forget you got six months worth worth of baseball left. Uh, Drew Smiley will be interesting today. I mean, a couple of southpaws on the mound, him and Quintana. I saw, saw a number the other day, I think it was, Quintana, yeah, here it is. 513 ERA for Quintana over his last 244 innings since 2019. I mean, this is a guy the Cubs really gave a lot for when he was with the White Sox to bring him over after that World Series and try to ramp things up one more time. I've always been a Quintana fan. Um, it didn't really work out as well as we had all hoped for him on the North side here in Chicago, but happy to see that he's still hanging around. And same for Drew Smiley. couple lefty vets, man. Uh, make his 2022 Cubs debut. Um, You know as the four guy in this cubs rotation due to some injuries but he came to camp saying he wanted to start but would take you know any role that was given to him and i'm glad he's in the rotation so we'll see what he can do you're right the two game are kind of weird um funky start times early start tomorrow which i love by the way i love that pittsburgh does that getaway 12 30 i think that's awesome Mm -hmm. um i'm going i take a split hendrick's throwing tomorrow for the cubs looked really sharp when opening day against the brewers it's definitely more pitcher-friendly weather, as far as I'm concerned, rather than if you're going to go up there and try to stick, 40 degrees and windy. Uh, a 1-1 split between the two wouldn't surprise me one bit, and it might might get a little wild. I mean, it's early-season baseball with no spring training, so fair is fair, right?
0: Yeah, of course, and I think I could agree with you 100%. I could see a split here. I think today, just with the everything surrounding it, the 4-1-2 day, 4-12 start, I think the Pirates will win today, and then I think Hendricks absolutely deals tomorrow, and just shuts down the Pirates' offense. That just would be what I expect would happen. Um, but, I mean, again, you're going to see a lot of fun action, I think. You're going to have Key Brian Hayes, Brian Reynolds, Wilson Contreras, Michael Chavis. One of the guys that I actually am pretty fond of on your roster is Frank Swindell. Man, is pretty interesting. Interesting. New first baseman, of course, kind of stepping behind the Anthony Rizzo curtain. But I think he has a chance to do things as well. And then I think a lot of people also forget that the Cubs acquired Nick Madrigal. That just kind of just got swept under the rug after last year for realistically a pretty cheap trade, in my opinion. Not cheap trade, like in a good way, I meant. But I mean, you look up and down this Cubs roster and most people would say, okay, you know, they're not a world beater or anything. But you're talking Clint Frazier. And this is probably what their lineup will be today. Clint Frazier, Contreras, Wisdom, Frank Swinzel, Shea Suzuki, Nick Madrigal, Hermos, Hermosillo, I believe is how you pronounce that, right? Uh, Hermosillo. Yeah. Hermosillo. Okay. Yep. Ian Happ and then Nico Horner. Not a terrible lineup for all intents and purposes at all over there in Chicago. And then you're looking at what the Pirates, of course, posted today. You have Key Brian Hayes, Brian Reynolds, Michael Chavis, Yoshi Tsutsugo, Diego Castillo, Kevin Newman, Jake Marisnik, Roberto Perez, and Cole Tucker. So at the end of the day, neither offense is like exactly crazy, but that also gives the open door to say – maybe there's a lot of fun heading into this series where we could see either some elite pitching or we could see some, a lot of offense. And it wouldn't surprise me either way, but I do agree with you hundred percent. I think the Cubs come out of the series three and two. I think the Pirates come out of the series two and three before they move on and any betting predictions. If you're into that stuff, anything that you could think that might happen for the Cubs fans to go win some money on bet online.
1: You know, I did what's the line at? Do you know what it is right now by chance? I didn't even I didn't even look uh since yesterday. And I'm sure it's I'm sure it's changed.
0: Cubs minus one sixteen. Okay.
1: You know, I at it, at a minus one sixteen. I I'd probably I'd probably put my money on Pittsburgh today. And what are they slightly but one oh five plus one oh five or something like that? Uh
0: plus one point five. Yeah. Uh yeah. they're plus one point five run line, plus one hundred money line, over under eight and a half
1: even on the money line, you know, like you said, opening day, you got a guy who hasn't thrown much and drew smiley opposing them. And I hope I'm wrong here, obviously, but there's, there's, you know, the value there I think is on Pittsburgh. Um, I wouldn't want to lay too much juice behind smiley again. I hope for good things, but I think if I was going to throw a hundred bucks or whatever on today's game, I would definitely, definitely side with Pittsburgh. What about you?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, naturally, just betting on my own team is always kind of weird. So normally, if I would do something, which I'll probably do this, I would probably do the run line plus one and a half Mm -hmm. just to be kind of safe. And then I'd say over under eight and a half. I'd probably say over just because I think this will be kind of a the first game, I think, will be probably like six, five, six, four in that range. And then I think Hendricks, of course, like I said, will kind of shut things down tomorrow. So I think that'll be more of like a. Four five one game. So I would probably go with the under tomorrow, but I always get fond of this betting stuff. And of course we do have our own locked on bets podcast with Lee Sterling over there as well. Phenomenal guys. They win a lot of money um, over there at bet online, but any other final predictions for this series outside of the betting, outside of everything, do you think Shea Suzuki is going to hit one into the Allegheny or anything? I hope he doesn't, but um <laughs> how do we feel about just anybody in particular that you think will have a nice two games here in Pittsburgh?
1: Well, I'm going to focus on the team as a whole and back to Suzuki. I've got a sandwich better too, with a good friend who used to work in the Cubs organization on Suzuki's April. And I thought he was going to have a really good April. So I hope he continues the, mm-hmm. the hot streak he's on from that home stretch in the first three games. Cause I'd like to have a free dinner and a cocktail or two, but this is interesting. I saw this yesterday. Last year, Cubs and Pirates, 19 games against each other. Obviously, Cubs were 14 and five against Pittsburgh, but get this—they only outscored them 91 to 77 in run wise. And if you do the Pythagorean equivalent to that, it comes out to an 11 and eight record. Eight of the Cubs' uh, 14 wins over Pittsburgh last year were by one run only. And then the Pirates beat the Cubs eight to two once and seven to one another time. So super skewed statistics there. You know, you think you beat a team 14 out of 19 tries, you really handled them, but you didn't. And Mm -hmm. this, uh, you know, again, more of the same, you see these NL central division teams so often that it is a dogfight, regardless of roster and regardless of talent sometimes. So I think, uh, I think today, you know, I'm with you. I would not be surprised to see Pittsburgh come out humming on opening day. A lot of question marks with Smiley as, as he hasn't had the had the body of work in the last year or so that we'd like to see. But he's back out there after uh, after rehabbing and fully healthy. So.
0: Of course. And for all of the Locked On Pirates and Locked On Cubs listeners, of course, thank you for making me and Andrew your first listen of the day every single day here on the Locked On Pirates and Cubs podcast. Of course, at the bottom of the screen, you can see my Twitter, MVP underscore Ethan. To the right of your screen, you can see Andrew's Twitter at Chicago Cubs PA. Of course, me and Andrew have five episodes a week coming at you every single day all the way through, I believe, December. So that'll be fun, having a bunch of content to talk about. pirates cubs four one two Eastern time start. Drew Smiley versus Jose Quintana, two-game set. Everybody heading to PNC today, have a phenomenal time. I already saw a lot of you guys telling me you were going to be there. So everybody, make sure you have a phenomenal time. Hopefully the weather is good up there as well. And me and Andrew, will see you guys on the flip side.